0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24 7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by my man, David Lake. Um, David, we are in day like 60 of quarantine. I don't really (laughs) know what it is at this point. Um, All my days are running together, but we are taping this on Thursday, May 14th, the podcast. Um, That's when it'll be out today. So, Depends on when you guys are listening to it, but this should be pretty relevant information, although things are are changing rapidly in the world of recruiting, um, despite no one being able to visit anywhere. So, David, how are you doing before we kind of get into today's episode, which will be a mailbag of sorts? Yeah, I'm
1: doing well. Um, you know, last podcast, we did an emergency edition because... Isaiah Walker announced he was going to transfer to Miami. I guess, what, Wednesday, he officially signed with the Hurricanes, which is, you know, the good, a good step, making it official. Um, it's kind of weird not having a commitment happen yet this week, just with the way <laughs> things have been going lately. But I'm sure that could change. I'm not hinting at anything. I'm just saying things are happening fast in, in the world of recruiting you know, over the next week or two.
0: Yeah. Um, we, I did want to talk it, a little bit about that before we get into, uh, the mailbag questions. First thing I want to do though, is thank everyone that has reviewed the podcast. Um, yeah. we have shot up the 24 seven sports rankings in, in terms of podcasts. So appreciate the support big time guys. Uh, it's not going unnoticed. Um, so thank you. Uh, Keep supporting the show, and, and we're going to keep, keep doing this thing. Like we said, we're trying to crank out some, uh, some more episodes if we can. Um, David, the one real newsy topic that happened on Wednesday besides Isaiah Walker signing some type of paperwork with the Hurricanes is Shaman Metayer, a three-star athlete out of North Miami who played his junior season at Miami Central, He decommitted from the Hurricanes. Um, This news to me and you was not surprising. It seems like things had been trending in that direction for a while now. Um, Shaman, when he initially committed to the Hurricanes, everyone thought he was going to be this edge rusher, potentially a linebacker. Um, This past summer, he looked real great at Miami uh, at a seven-on-seven tournament, kind of working as an off-ball linebacker, batting down passes, um, but he wants to be an offensive player. He wants to be a quote-unquote big wide receiver. That's where he played a majority of his junior season at Miami Central, and um, I don't think Miami kind of saw eye-to-eye with him. Uh, so he opened his recruitment back up, uh, and I don't think this is a loss. What do you, you kind of think?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if Shimon wants to be a wide receiver, it's just not going to be a fit at Miami. I do think just the raw talent, raw ability is very intriguing as a edge rusher. You know, he is a legitimate, I mean, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, would you say he's legitimately that tall?
0: Yeah, I mean, at least 6'4 and a half. I mean, definitely pushing 6'5", I would think. And he Basketball
1: moved, kid as well. Yeah, he moves very well. Like, if he is willing to be a defensive end, there is a lot of potential there, and Miami should take him all day. But if his heart's not in it, why would you mess around with it? Um, you know, he wants to play wide receiver, as you said. You know, it, that's even weird, too. Like, if, if he was going to go that route, why not act like you wanted to play tight end? I don't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's a parting of ways. Hopefully there's plenty of time for Shaman to, you know, find a school that wants to take him to play the position he wants to play and wish him all the best.
0: Yeah, two things I want to point out with it. Um, I've heard some grades might need to get in order if he's going to be a qualifier. Um, And, you know, look, counters are very valuable for Miami right now. So they're not in a position to roll the dice on someone. So I think that played a little factor in this. I mean, I I don't really know um, where things stand academically, but I think someone mentioned that to me. I'll also say, yeah, Shaman, you know, I think he caught seven touchdowns this past season for Miami Central. But, um, uh, look, I watched him go through some wide receiver drills before one of Miami Central's games. I think it was actually against Miami Northwestern when Manny Diaz and Steven Field were there. And him running routes was not uh, not necessarily pretty. Like, I think he could become a, a refined route runner, but right now he's got – a ways to go and let's not forget Miami added Elijah Arroyo the four star tight end out of Texas uh, a couple of weeks ago they paired him with Khalil Brantley like they are set at tight end so I don't think they wanted to welcome in another project and on top of that Shaman thinks he's a a big wide receiver that's kind of what he told me he doesn't want to be classified as a tight end and I had an assistant coach at a power 5 school that has offered Shaman I I asked him I'm like is he telling you the same thing and, and he told me the kid doesn't even want to hear tight end. He just wants to hear wide receiver. So I thought that was a little bit interesting. Um, but Miami's class shuffles back in in, in the 24-7 sports rankings with a the decommitment. Uh, they now sit at number 12. I, I think it's fine. Like I said, um, spots are going to be very valuable moving forward, and I kind of outlined that in a mock class over the weekend. But um, if Miami does add a, not another graduate transfer Uh, Before the start of the 2020 season, that kid will be counted as a member of the 2021 class. So your your 25 counters drops down to 24, and uh, I just think they're going to need those spots, uh, especially if they win, like some think they will.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this with Shimon. Shimon, um, you know, I hope the people around him, the people that are advising him, understand that probably his His future is best served as a defensive end. And, you know, the way I I would explain that to him is, look, man, at the NFL level, defensive ends make a lot of money if they're successful. I mean, is it as fun as playing wide receiver? No. But his future is not as bright at wide receiver as it is at defensive end. Um, And look, if his heart's not in it to play defensive end, he's not going to be a good defensive end. But, He needs to come to grips, I think, with that reality. And if he does, he can be a really good, really good player in the future.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Last quick newsy item the NCAA announced on Wednesday night that they are extending the dead period through June 30th. That means no on campus or off campus interactions uh, between coaches and, and prospective student athletes. Uh, So that effectively axes any camps Miami had planned in June. I think most people kind of thought this was going to be the case, but got to point it out. So basically Miami will not have the usual seven on seven tournaments that they do in the summer. There will be no individual camps. Um, I guess those in theory could get pushed to July if uh, the NCAA were to open that up. But if that's going on, uh, you would have to think that, Miami staff and other colleges would be more focused on preparing for the 2020 season. So it looks like no camps. Um, not really a surprise there. Maybe Miami squeezes in like a paradise camp in late July. I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of holding my fingers or or crossing my fingers and holding out hope for that. Uh, that can make some sense. But then again, if you're a high school kid, are, are you more concerned about getting prepared for your season than competing, um, in front of college coaches? So another, uh, expected twist to this coronavirus c- recruiting times, um, but something that should definitely be noted.
1: Yeah, obviously not ideal, but everyone's in the same boat with this this kind of stuff. I'm with you. I, I mean, we're all just day-to-day, month-to-month right now, so we'll see what the future holds. But I do think July, end of July, is, is typically when, when Paradise Camp has been. During the past in the past years, and I'm holding out hope too that Miami can throw together something. And look, in terms of a camp situation, Miami has Miami does have an advantage over um, other programs around the country because there's so many local guys. And yeah, I'm with you. Like, are guys necessarily going to travel to Ohio State for an all-star camp situation, or would they? you know, stay local, go to Miami, don't have to travel and can, you know, go right into fall practices, which typically start in August. So I think if Miami does have a paradise camp at the end of July, I'm interested to see just how loaded of, of an event it is.
0: And even if it's not a camp uh, and there is an open contact period, Miami could do that Miami nights, Uh, type of event which they've done in in the past two years and that's produced commitments. I mean Marcus Clark uh, committed last year, last cycle I should say. I I don't really remember the others off the top of my head but interested to see how um, the chips kind of fall into place. Um, Let's take a quick break. On the other side we're going to get into the mailbag questions because there's a lot of good ones and I want to get to as many as we can.
2: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible
0: items only. Exclusions apply. All right, David. We, we asked the listeners and our message board subscribers at insidetheyou.com, ime.247sports.com, to uh, kind of steer the show a little bit, uh, open, open it up to them for questions. And there was a ton of good feedback. I wanted to start with, I think, one that's a very hot topic yeah, And this comes from C. Perry, CO, and, and it has to do with quarterback recruiting and, and what's next for the Hurricanes after this season. Because obviously, Derek King should be the guy in 2020. He will graduate. And then what's kind of next for Miami? There, there's going to be some options. So he asks, would you take Toluya Tagovaiola, which is Tua's brother, as the QB for this 2021 class, or would you hold off in hopes to get – a Jalen Milrow, Demetrius Davis, or Jake Garcia type in 2021? If so, how would you rank the options in the 2021 class that Miami really has a chance with? So a bit of a loaded question here. Um, Where do you want to start?
1: (laughs) Okay, so I'll I'll start with uh, would I make a move for Talia Tagavailoa, And my answer is yes. Do I necessarily think he is going, like, if Miami takes him, do I necessarily think he would be the future starter at Miami? No, I'm not convinced of that at all. But I think when you look at the the landscape and try and project, you know, what Miami's quarterback situation might look like after 2020, I think they do need to add bodies, if that makes sense. So You know, Miami right now, we all know, does not have any quarterbacks committed in the 2021 class. And I think it's fair to say, Andrew, I don't know if you agree, but I think Miami is in a tough spot right now with quarterback recruiting because they're targeting all these out-of-state prospects. You know, a lot of guys from Texas, and, you know, you would think these guys aren't necessarily going to commit to Miami until they visit and who knows when that visit to Miami can happen. So in my opinion, 2021 recruiting at quarterback is kind of in flux. I think it's gonna be a tough situation. Now, if, if Talia Tagavailoa is out there and he says he wants to come, I think you bring him in. Uh, you know, you have, you have that young body at quarterback. He will probably have to redshirt this year. And I think that would make him a redshirt sophomore when he's able to play. I think too, if you project forward with the current guys on the roster, who knows if Nikosi Perry and Tate Martel will still be around in 2021. I'm not predicting anything, but I think it makes sense for them to explore transfer options where they feel like they can be a starter at the college level, wherever that may be. So that would be two quarterbacks off the roster next year that are currently on the roster this year. Um, 2021, you got Tyler Van Dyke, who's currently a freshman. You know, I I think too, you take Talia because you would want to uh, have some competition maybe between Tyler and Talia. And then of course there's still Peyton Matoka on the roster as well. So I think, honestly, I think you take Talia. I think you still take major swings at these 2021 quarterbacks that they're still chasing at the high school level. And honestly, I would still take a talented transfer, graduate transfer, Derek King type at quarterback in January when that rolls around or whenever the end of the season is. Because I do think we're seeing more and more that transfer quarterbacks are becoming a common thing. And good transfer quarterbacks are becoming a common thing. So I would just – I would take all the quarterbacks after this season, if that makes sense.
0: I'm like cringing uh, doing the roster management for that situation using – let's say you have 24 counters, three of them on on quarterbacks. But look, I mean, what has been the number one issue for Miami the past few seasons, uh, aside maybe from offensive line play, it's that quarterback position. So I think in a way that makes sense. Um, you seem to be all for taking the younger uh, Tagabaiola to a 2.0. I'm kind of on the fence. Um, you know, I saw him throw at the opening two years ago out out in Dallas. I thought he was fine. Uh, there's some seems to be some people in the industry that aren't really that high on him uh, as a prospect. But I did pop in Alabama's spring game. I think it was from this past season. Uh, there was about four minutes of it. Uh, of him making throws on YouTube, and honestly, I was I was kind of impressed. You know, maybe it's because I came in with my expectations so low, but uh, he does have a, a pretty good arm. Yeah, and I, I think Rhett Lassie has made that clear. That's something he looks for a guy that can make a ton of throws. And like Derek King, from what we saw of him, I mean, when he needs to put a ball on a line and, and drop a dime, he he can do it. And I think Tua, or I said sorry, the younger Tagaviola has that ability. Um, probably not as elusive as his brother, but he he can move in the pocket. If I'm Miami, honestly, what I'm doing is I'm just going to keep chipping away at, at those other quarterbacks we mentioned: Jalen Milrow, Demetrius Davis. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much contact there's been with Jake Garcia as of late. Uh, that could be a whole other podcast. I mean, in, in terms of in terms of what happens out on the west coast. Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting at 24-7 Sports, uh, he reported uh, on Wednesday that Miller Moss, another big-name quarterback out on the West Coast, is considering reclassifying to the class of 2020 if there's no high school season in California. So what, what th- does Jake Garcia look to do the same thing? I mean, that's a, that's a whole other right. uh, wormhole we could go down. So I'm, I'm not even going to really discuss it with him, but... I think Miami, from what I've gathered, um, they're, they're doing their homework on the younger Tagaviola Um, I, I don't know if they're going to engage in much conversation. I, I think FAU or even FIU might be better landing spots for, for, for him, if that makes sense. I, I know the owls I are interested. I, I know the owls are interested from what I've gathered. Um, so I think the two names to know are, are Jalen Milroe and Demetrius Davis at quarterback. If I had to rank those two, uh, I would personally would take Demetrius Davis. I think he's like 36-2 and two as a starter. Um, Gabe Brooks, the, the mid midlands analyst at 24-7 sports, has compared him to a young DeEric King. So I think if Miami's trying to keep some continuity and bring in, in, in bringing a similar guy, he, he's the one. I think they might have a better chance with – with Jalen Milrow, if I'm being honest, which sounds a little surprising because he's currently committed to Texas, uh, and Demetrius is the one who decommitted from Virginia Tech. But uh, Jalen is is close with the Eric King. Um, you know, when he committed to Texas, it was to a different offensive coordinator, and the Longhorns signed two top 24 seven quarterbacks last cycle. So I think if I had a handicap, it maybe I would give Miami a better chance with with Jalen Milrow. Yeah, and.
1: The last thing I'll say on Talia, I'm with you. Like, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a starter at Miami. So, you know, if that's the case, should they really bring him in? I think that's debatable. But I I am concerned about, you know, the unknown of the future that Miami is facing at the quarterback spot. And so I'm looking at it mainly as like a body count situation. Yeah. and, And a position group competition situation. Like, Let's say worst-case scenario, Miami does not sign, does not land any of these high-level recruits you're talking about, you know, Nikosi Perry and Tate Martell transfer, and then you're looking at just Tyler Van Dyke and Peyton Matoka and probably a lower-level quarterback signee that, that they would get then in that
0: scenario. I mean, that's, that's well, not an ideal situation. Let, let me ask you this. Is, is the younger Tagaviola better than Tate Martell?
1: Yes, I think he is better, you know, from, from what I've seen, he, like you said, he has a very live arm. He, he can really throw the ball, but where he struggles is going through progressions and reads. Now, if you run an offense that, you know, makes things simpler for the quarterbacks, which is kind of what Rhett Lashley's offense does, I think he can still be effective. Um, But yeah, in terms of just pure passing ability, He is more talented than Tate Martell in that regard. I think Tate is more athletic, um, but Talia is definitely a better passer and has a much bigger arm.
0: One last thing before we get into the next question, which also revolves around quarterbacks. Uh, I will point out that I was asking um, some of the people I talk with in in Coral Gables about the quarterback situation and recruiting, and they shot back real quick we kind of like Tyler Van Dyke, so uh, yeah. you can you can take that as a grain of, of, with a grain of salt, or however you you want. But it seems like there's some people confident that he could potentially be the guy in in 2021. Which um, I don't want to say is crazy. I, I, it's just that was a bold statement after after four practices. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that they like his
1: leadership and his maturity. You know, I I have to see it in terms of the ability before I necessarily believe it. Like, I do think there's something there. I'm not saying he's a bad player, um, but he's not, you know, he is more of a statue pocket passer. So you would need the offensive line to be good in order for Tyler Van Dyke to be good. Um, That's where I'm at with that. I, I think he could be the future starter too. Is it best if he's the future starter in 2021? I don't know about that. I think maybe 2022 you hope the reins get handed to Tyler Van Dyke. All
0: right, next question comes from Just Canes. Uh, He's one of the subscribers at Inside the U. Says, what's your thoughts on Bubba Chandler and the interest level on his part? So Bubba Chandler is another quarterback uh, on the board for Miami. Rhett Lashley offered him a scholarship on Wednesday. Um, this, this kid's story is pretty interesting. So he's a two sports star, at, at, in Georgia. Um, Oconee County, I, I think is the high school. He was committed to play baseball at Georgia. Um, and then this past weekend, Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers called and told him that they were also offering him a football scholarship. So he ended up decommitting, uh, from Georgia. He's not going to play baseball there anymore. Um, for those unaware, Georgia has a top quarterback already committed and Brock Vandergriff. I mean, he's a a, a top 25 talent. So um, they weren't going to offer Bubba the same opportunity there. Um, And for those that are also not aware, uh, you can't give someone a baseball scholarship and and have them play football. It goes to whatever the higher revenue sport is. So uh, you can play baseball and football, but you're always going to count on football because that's the, the higher revenue sport. So Miami offers Bubba Chandler. I spoke to him on the phone, wrote about it on the site. He seems pretty intrigued by the Hurricanes. Uh, Miami told, told him exactly what Clemson did. They said that he could also play baseball. Uh, I also thought it was interesting. Rhett Lashley told him, hey, man, it, you know if you sign with us, you're going to have a chance to come in and compete right away for the starting job in 2021. In and why is that notable? Well, um, that's not the case at Clemson. Uh, if Bubba were to go to, to, to Clemson, I mean, they just signed uh, a, a five-star quarterback uh, who's expected to take over for Trevor Lawrence. So I think uh, if Miami is going to be a player, like they do have a legitimate, they can offer something that Clemson can't. Um, so he, he's an intriguing prospect. David, have you watched his his huddle at all? Because it's kind of, yeah. it's fun. I mean, the mechanics are, uh, I would say, a little loose. Um, yeah. And he, he he plays a little wild, but... There's something there with him.
1: No, I agree. He's definitely a a gunslinger, like a playmaker type at quarterback. Uh, Rhett Lashley, we had a Zoom, the media had a Zoom call meeting with him within the last two or three weeks. And he mentioned, you know, he likes guys that play multiple sports at quarterback because he feels like there's still a lot of upside and development to do when they do get to college. So Bubba Chandler certainly fits that mold. I, you know, after watching his huddle, you can definitely see he's got a live arm, which makes sense because he is uh, talented. There was ninety one, yeah, talented baseball player, <laughs> and he scrambles well too. Like there is, honestly, when I was watching it, um, I don't think he's as polished or as good right now. But I, I could be sold on him being a quote unquote poor man's Garrett Nussmeyer, who, you know, Miami was highly targeting before he committed to LSU fairly recently. So, you know, and, and again, I think too, I compared Garrett Nussmeyer to Shane Bichelle, who Rhett Lashley uh, had a lot of success with at SMU in 2019. I think Bubba Chandler has some uh, Shane Bichelle in him too, as a, as a passer and scrambler with with that ability to throw on the run, so. I'm intrigued. Where do you get a sense, Andrew? Like, and again, maybe you can't answer this yet because Miami's still figuring this out. But like, let's say Bubba Chandler's like, "All right, I'm in." W- would he be a take, or would they still be like, uh, "Let's wait and see," and and they want to take swings on the Texas guys, Jalen Milrow and Demetrius Davis?
0: I don't know. Um, yeah. uh, we. I also haven't brought up the point. There is another quarterback in all this. Uh, Aaron McLaughlin, who's another kid out of Georgia, I think right by where Bubba Chandler is. By the time this podcast is published, I, I expect him to be publicly committed to NC State. Um, and, and if you're listening to this and he's not, well, it should be happening pretty soon based kind of on what I heard. And I was told um, on, on, on Thursday that like if McLaughlin wanted in at Miami, um, they probably weren't ready to take him yet. So I, I think maybe Bubba would be in, in the same boat yeah. But if, if it gets to like let's say July is open, right? July's open. You you can take visits and they get him on campus. Right. And he wants in, I think you gotta take him. Um I agree. But but it's not gonna be easy to beat Dabo Sweeney in Clemson. Yeah. Um they, they've right. lost out on some quarterbacks and this is the kind that that they've kind of circled. Again, like like I said though, I, I think Miami can sell him potentially being the guy in 2021 or, or 2022. And that, that's not the case at Clemson. So Miami does have that working for him. Also need to acknowledge the fact that Miami's baseball staff at one time was in contact with Bubba Chandler. Um, like I said, he throws 91. He was like 7-0 and on the mound, 25 RBIs, 14 doubles. I'm not a big baseball guy, but it sounds like he's a legitimate prospect of sorts i mean he was committed to playing the sec and yeah um so it'll be interesting to see if if miami's baseball staff kind of gets involved and i I would think miami's baseball program is is better than clemson's but yeah but clemson's
1: is pretty good i do think miami's is probably better but clemson is no slouch they're typically pretty good too and you know it's closer to home than miami would be so it'll be interesting
0: Okay, let's move on to the next question. This is, I think, the only one that came from our Apple review. Uh, I hope this name is right because um, uh, you sent it to me, so it's, it's on you. It's not Coins iTunes. He says, I just want to read this whole thing because it's pretty cool. I've been stationed overseas, deployed, and now back in the States. Th- through the Smoke podcast has, been, has me feeling like I've never missed a nugget of info. Um, I listen to all the podcasts. I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, My question, which coach and player are the alpha dogs for Miami in the 2020 season? Uh, And I think this is a great question. We're kind of transitioning a little bit away from recruiting and and right into um, team stuff. And I'm going to start with the player I think is the alpha dog. And I think this will be a little bit surprising. But man, I honestly think it might be Dearrick King on offense.
1: I'm with you. I I, that was one guy I was going to say on offense, um, you know, I think we saw through, they, they only got four spring practices in, and we saw basically all the, all the teammates were telling us, all the coaches were telling us within those four practices, he pretty much established himself as the leader of the offense. Um, and that was because of the way he worked. You know, during practice and after practice, we saw him putting in a ton of work. So, I think De'Aaron King is a guy who walks the walk and talks the talk. I'm with you. I think he's going to be definitely one of the big alpha dogs in 2020. Which coach would you say?
0: Well, I was going to ask you. um, Oh, this this is. I, I think we're going to have a similar an- answer here. I'm yeah. going. Uh, Rob Likens. is kind of like the alpha dog. That's assistant. what I was going to say. I like that. Tell him why. No, you, I mean, you were on the zoom call. I, I, I just,
1: yeah, it, no, I, I love, I, I really like what he is about. Um, to me, you can definitely tell he has been a coordinator. Like he's just sharp. Uh, he is charismatic. I think we saw too. I think it was the first spring practice day one. He was not afraid to yell in a good way at his players uh, when they were making mistakes. So he was kind of setting that tone that, you know, if you guys do do stuff in the wrong way, he's going to get on you. And I think that group kind of needs that this year. Um, it's a talented group, but it hasn't really performed up to that talent. I, I think Rob Likens has some head coach to him. Is he a power five head coach? I don't know, but I could see him eventually getting like a group of five head coaching job because he he carries himself in that way. He's just that guy.
0: Um, Well, Well, I I think, I I think I texted you. uh, If let's say things were to go extremely South for Miami and a change was made mid season. I, I think there's a good chance Rob Likens would be the interim head coach.
1: Yes. I think he could be that guy. Um,
0: let's not, I don't go. know what, <laughs> I don't know what that real. I don't know. I don't know what that says, but I think it would be him. No, I think you are right with that. One other,
1: and this is interesting too, our answers. So if I'm going to name another alpha dog player, I'm going to name another newcomer to the team and I'm going to go Quincy Roche. Um, and maybe this is just recency bias, but, the other day, he tweeted something that really caught my attention and let me read it here real quick. He tweeted a couple days ago, quote, before every game, I try to shake everybody on the team's hand and look every teammate in the eye, dot, dot, dot. You know then what type of game is go- it's going to be before you ever hit the field. So, you know, Quincy, and again, like Derek King, he's a fifth year senior. He's all about that work. He's produced. Um, just a mature guy, and and it, I think it's interesting that we're naming all these newcomers to the team to be alpha dogs, and that says like, look, the culture needed to be changed. It is changing, and these older guys and new additions are gonna help Manny and Miami get to that point. I think.
0: I I didn't I miss that. That's that's a very that's like a Ray Lewis Ed Reed esque like type of. Yes, statement. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really have another one prepared. Um, no, I think maybe Brevin Jordan could kind of take the step to right. being more more of a leader. And, and what do I mean by that? I mean, he's a very vocal guy. I, I don't want to say he's like quote unquote, immature, but I think you know he's just going to be an older player, and he's kind of been through it before, and I, I think him sitting out for some of those losses hurts. so he, he's one. Um, I don't really have many others on defense. Well, Zach McLeod, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, And then I think Nesta has the potential if he produces, like he's got to do it on the field, but he's definitely got that personality.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, he's had that since he was a recruit. So he, he was another I had in my list off to the side as well.
1: I think Cam Harris on offense, too, is a guy to watch in this regard. If he produces, he's going to be very, very confident.
0: Yeah, he's more of a lead-by-example guy for me, though. Yeah, fair. Um, next question comes from Rattler Kane 6 With the way Manny is utilizing the transfer portal and recruiting, how far off do you realistically see Miami in contention to compete year in and year out for ACC championships slash playoff bids um i'll start with this one i don't think it's really that far away if miami's able to capitalize on what uh, on the 2020 season assuming it happens um because i think if miami pieces together a double digit win season with Derek king at quarterback they're going to they're going to get some some recruits that right now we're not projecting them to get so they probably get closer to a top 10 recruiting class. Um, I've said it multiple times. I'm a big fan of what they did in, in that 2019 class. I think it's a sneaky good recruiting class. I mean, we'll see if there's any attrition or, or what kind of happens. But that has the potential to outplay its, I think it was ranked 27th. Um, yeah. the, the addition of Isaiah Walker, that gives him a top 10 class. So you would have three solid classes in a, in a row and then you would have a solid foundation for... Uh, the 2022 wave. And, and really, I mean, that's that's the difference. I mean, Miami, if they had a quarterback the past couple of seasons, would yeah. be competing, I think, for ACC championships. And, and, and you just need the depth. And I think if you can stack back-to-back-to-back to back to back classes, it could happen relatively fast.
1: Yeah, my my answer is similar. I think, you know, my answer is both simple and difficult all at the same time. And really I just boil it down to the quarterback position. I think we're all going to see and learn what type of impact a high level quarterback can have On a team. I think we've kind of forgotten, to be honest, you know, at Miami. I think Derek Eric is that dude, though. And so, in my opinion, Manny Diaz is always going to have that defense right top 25 level defense every year. I think the challenge for him is the quarterback position. And he has addressed that for one year, I think very well with the addition of Derek King. And I'm interested to see how he keeps that ball rolling moving forward. I, if I were Manny, I would try and replicate the Oklahoma model, if you wanna call it that, with Lincoln Riley, where he's had a lot of success taking high level transfers. Uh, and allowing them to flourish in his offensive system at quarterback. And I think if Derek King shows he can produce at a high level at Miami this year, maybe that makes Miami uh, a destination for transfer quarterbacks for the next year or two. Um, And then you would hope that success uh, snowballs into recruiting quarterbacks at the high school level at a high level. Which is what Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma are doing now, most likely their quarterback this year is going to be Spencer Rattler, who was the former number one overall quarterback in the country a couple years ago. So if I'm again, this is all easier said than done. The first step is allowing the King to go and ball out and have a great year. If he does do that, which I don't see why he wouldn't. But if he does do that, then I think Miami becomes a very attractive transfer destination for high-level transfer quarterbacks. And I think Manny Diaz should pounce on those opportunities.
0: Moving on to the next question. This comes from wise guy581, another subscriber. Um, assuming football starts near its correct time, is Miami taking steps to make sure the playbook is learned, considering they can't practice even if they're allowed to also, do you guys think this puts Miami at a big disadvantage for the upcoming season with the new offense and an inability to practice? Um, I here, here's what I'm going to say. I, I think Manny and the staff seem to have a good place plan in place based on what they're doing now with the zoom calls. Um, You don't really know. I mean, everyone's kind of doing the same thing, but look, Losing the spring practice hurts, absolutely. Although, this offense seems to be a lot easier than what they, were tr- what, what they were trying to install last season. I think Will Mallory had the line of the spring when he said you can learn the whole playbook in 15 minutes. Um, and that was not the case with what Dan Enos was trying to do. So, is Miami at a disadvantage? Uh, probably compared to some other schools, but it could be a lot, a lot worse.
1: Yeah, so here's where I stand with this uh, question. I, I do think, yeah, obviously it would be nice if they got those practices in to learn the playbook fully. But in my opinion, what outweighs that negative point is the addition of Derek King because they have a quarterback, in my opinion, that can just show up and ball. And I think the teams that have quarterbacks that, can show up and play at a high level are going to be at an advantage over the programs that have quarterbacks that need a ton of reps uh, to build a rapport in chemistry with their teammates. Because, I mean, those quarterbacks can still be good, but they need a lot of reps. And, you know, with each passing month, they're losing out on those reps. Whereas De'Ara King, I mean, we saw it that first week of spring, he showed up and balled out and everyone around the program was super excited just from four practices. So to answer the question. Yes, it Miami is at a disadvantage. Um, everyone else is in the same boat. I'll say that. But I think what outweighs that disadvantage is the addition of a talented quarterback like Derek King who, could, who is very talented in his own right can go out and freelance a lot at quarterback, make plays on his own. I think that outweighs any negative, you know, where the, the offense needs to be learned. Defense, I don't really have much concern about that. I mean, yeah, you would wish Avery Huff got some spring practice reps, but really the defense is, is fairly simple and not hard to learn. So I think whatever a fall camp is that happens, the defense will be okay in that regard.
0: Well, I mean, if they have an extended fall camp, you also get some of these, uh, these injured guys back that we're going to sit out in in the spring. So that's one way to look at it as well. Uh, next question comes from Druni 86, kind of along the same topic of what we just had. How would you grade the overall operation of the football program during quarantine? Kind of a difficult question because we don't really know what is going on. Um, behind the scenes we we just go and based on what we've heard from the coaches over the zoom calls and and i've seen i mean i i personally would give this like a b b plus i i don't yeah. really know know what would make it an, an a um but the staff like yeah. has been able to make some notable additions uh via the transfer portal uh, isaiah walker right. so you would think that they seem they seem to have everything together i, I guess is why i would give it a b
1: yeah. I mean, I'll keep my answer short. it seems like there's a plan, there's an organization and they're executing that plan, um, which is pretty much all you can do. You know, Manny Diaz has, has said on the radio, he organizes team meetings during the mornings and then during the afternoons, the players, you know, need to handle their academic obligations. And during that afternoon time, the assistant coaches go through recruiting or scouting future opponents, et cetera. So there seems to be an organization, a plan, you know, I I think they are attacking this situation as best as they can, which is kind of all you can ask for right now.
0: Um, Next question, shifting back towards recruiting hand warmers, 2018, who is the next four star to commit on defense? Currently, there's only one consensus four-star in the defensive class, and he is expected to decommit at some point. Um, that is definitely Savion Collins, I think, is who they're referencing. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. <laughs> I, I guess it's geared toward, more towards me. Um, I, don't, I don't know. David, do you have a name off the top of your head that you think could be the next one while, while I? The next one?
1: Ooh, it's tough to predict the next one. Um, You know, I do think some guys I like that are four stars. I really like uh, Jaden Hood, the linebacker. And he's like a borderline four star. But, man, I think he's a big deal. Jabari Ishmael, the four star edge rusher. I mean, he's got family ties to the Miami program. He might take his time. But, you know, I think he should be considered a Miami lean. You know, beyond that, I don't know if there's necessarily four-star defenders that are on the verge of committing. It seems like uh, offensive guys are kind of more on the verge of of to into Miami. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, but things could change. Um, I ju- I just pulled up my list. I-, I would agree. Jabari Ishmael, the the defensive end out of Miami Columbus, he's he's a guy who a lot of people think are just going is going to end up at Miami because his father is on staff there. Uh, no timeline in place for his decision, but with kids unable to take visits, I mean, anything could kind of happen there. You brought up Jaden Hood. He's an interesting one and, and one I've been meaning to write about here. Um, there was some smoke that he was getting close to committing to Michigan. Uh, I think that was late last week. That has not happened. I do think the Wolverines hold a, a crystal ball pick, um, but Miami is battling for him, and he's really the third linebacker that the staff wants to put in this class. So um, it'll, it, I don't, I don't want to keep using the phrase it'll be interesting to see if he visits, but um, if Miami can get him to, to hold off on committing, I, I think, or making a decision soon, I, I think that's a good thing. Um, I also recently found out that his mother actually took some classes at miami i'm not sure if he's like a a um grad but some people think that she doesn't want to see him uh go all that far from home so i guess maybe Jaden hood or or jabari ishmael would be the two um
1: what about cam kitchens is he gonna he
0: he, yeah i think he's gonna be one that's gonna extend this thing out okay Uh, he's gonna ride it out he wants to take his official visits uh Miami's in it LSU's in it Texas A&M Auburn and Nebraska are are all in it and he's a guy that wants to see Miami win if Miami wins I think they they will be in a very good spot to keep him in the class
1: yeah I mean it is an interesting question I guess I didn't realize how Miami is trending well for four-star offensive guys right now and maybe on the defensive side it's a little bit quiet I'm not concerned about it but that is an interesting trend
0: Oh, I, I mean, the rankings are gonna work themselves out, and Miami's defensive staff last last cycle went after a lot of out-of-state guys, and we just yeah. haven't had they haven't had the chance to kind of assemble that board um, and pencil and, and and circle guys in for for June visits. Uh, next question comes from Third Gear. Best guess on my Mi- on how Miami ranks its safety targets right now. Uh, someone asked the same thing about corners. I can't remember who it was. So here's my understanding of um, of the safety board. James Williams, the five star, out of where is he now? Uh, Plantation American Heritage. He's at the top of the list. Former Miami commit has drawn some comparisons to Isaiah Simmons, who was at Clemson and just got drafted. Um, he he's at the top. Except I think he should probably be considered a, just an athlete or a linebacker. Um. He's he's number one. Number two would be Terry Arnold. He's a kid, a, a top 24-7 kid out of the Tallahassee area, two-sport athlete, Once to pl- also play basketball in college. Has t- he was actually going to visit, I think, Miami in March uh, before the coronavirus shut down. He's an elite talent. I think we've talked about him on this podcast. Twitchy athlete. I, I think he's like a top 100 kid all the way. He's yeah. right there. Cam Kitchens is, is in there as well. You just mentioned him. Miami Northwestern. I think if Kitchens went in, wanted it in right now, Miami would take him. Um, the same goes for Terry and Arnold. The third one is Jarden Gilbert. I guess his fourth one, if, if you're including James Williams, Jarden Gilbert. He's out of Louisiana, um, 6'3", 195-pound safety, hard hitter. You watch his tape, it gets better and better as, as it goes on. He recently put Miami in his top group of schools. I think he fits exactly what this staff wants to do uh, on defense in terms of just how he will come up and smack you in the mouth. And I think his best football is definitely ahead of him because he's nowhere even close to to filling out. So those those three or four names are really the guys at the top of the board. In, tor- in terms of cornerbacks, Miami has Malik Curtis committed. He's the three-star athlete out of the Fort Myers area. Um, he's a bit of a project probably going to see the field early on as a return specialist, but the staff likes his speed. They also have Tim Burns committed from Miami Northwestern. He's a feisty cornerback, more of a slot guy, uh, very physical, good in man coverage. He He's, he's someone that I think fans should be excited about, even though he's got three stars next to his name. So those are the two. And then they're kind of big game hunting for um, a third cornerback. And, a top the wish list is a guy like Nyland Green, who's a, a potential five star talent out of Georgia. They've also been in contact with another Peach State kid, Nathaniel Wiggins. Um, we'll we'll kind of see. I think if Miami wins and and gets in the college football playoff conversation, those guys become a lot more uh, obtainable. If not, who knows? I mean, but you got to remember, Mike Rump, the past couple of cycles. He he's finished very strong and most of the guys he finishes with are ones we're not talking about uh in May or even June.
1: Yeah, all the good stuff. I'll I'll just say I'm a big fan of Terry and Arnold, one of the safety prospects you discussed. I think, you know, he's obviously gonna get attention from all the heavy hitters in the southeast. So it'll be interesting to see if if Miami can make that happen, get him down on a visit. I will say, man, it would be ridiculous to see a safety duo of Terry and Arnold and Avante Williams in the future that would be a lot of fun to watch
0: those are like NFL guys um (laughs) will 247 he asked who is a big name recruit that is looking at Miami and waiting to see how the season goes before uh they consider Miami so uh I think what I Cam Kitchens is one. I mean, he's he's a four star, but there are some five stars that I think are kind of in wait and see mode. Um, aside from local kids, I think the biggest two would be five star offensive tackle J.C. Latham. He's a Wisconsin kid that's at at the boarding school IMG Academy. Miami it has remained in contact with him. There, there's some in Coral Gables that think if if Miami, like I keep saying this, wins, uh, they can get an official visit out of him. Another another offensive lineman, Tristan Leah, he's up in Virginia, five-star talent. He is in that same boat, kind of wants to see what Miami's going to do, and th- that'll dictate whether or not he visits. I don't really know if there's any skill guys um, on the top of my head. Can I ask you one? Uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Leonard Taylor, the defensive tackle out of Miami Palmetto. Is there any shot? with Miami if they win big this year or
0: not. I I think so. Um I still like my my Florida crystal ball, but I yeah. think him and him and James Williams, uh it could it could be a lot like that twenty eighteen cycle, you know, when when Miami got Pat Sertain and, and Tyson Campbell and all those guys on campus late in the process for official visits. Right. So I, I do think it would help kind of with those guys. All right, next question. This is the final one I got marked down. Um, kind of a kind of a fun one it is. If a new NCAA football game came out, unlikely, but a guy can dream. What would some <laughs> of our player rankings look like? Uh, I didn't give you much of a a time to prep for this, I, I should say, David. <laughs> but kind of give it. Who do you think the top ranked guy would be on offense and, and defense?
1: Well, quarterback, I'm going to go with De'Eric King. Uh, I guess it would be either Derek King or Brevin Jordan, but it's more fun to talk about quarterbacks and, you know, for any video game, it comes down to speed, right? So Derek King's speed, I would probably go 87, 88. What would you put his speed at?
0: Oh, I mean, I thought, yeah, I mean, somewhere up there, like 90 or something like that.
1: I mean, you could do some damage with a quarterback. (laughs) I know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they'd be fun to play with. I think Brevin Jordan would be fun to play with too. He he um, would have the
0: he would have the impact star around him.
1: Yes, and then the you know the young running backs. If you're doing the dynasty mode, the young running backs would be fun to develop. I think over the course of three three to four seasons, and then obviously on defense, it's all about the pass rush, right? So yeah, Quincy Rocher, Greg Rousseau. Jalen Phillips. I'll even throw Jafari Harvey out there. What are their, what's their speed going to be? And then, you know, their pass rush rating. What is that going to be? I, I think all those guys would have impressive ratings in that regard.
0: Some sleepers, Bubba Bolden. I think he'd be ranked pretty high.
1: Yeah. Bubba Bolden would be, you know, I'm all, I, who knows if the game would recognize him yet, but Avery Huff would be maybe fun with his speed at linebacker to develop in a dynasty mode. Um, you know, Miami would be a fun team to play in this, in this year's hypothetical NCAA football game for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, well that'll do it for the mailbag. Uh, David, what kind of work do you have coming on the site over the,
1: I am, uh, so the other day I graded the quarterback position, you know, both talking about 2020 and kind of also projecting maybe what things look like in the future. I'm gonna keep doing that at the various position groups, running backs up next. So check that out. I wanna say too, you know, again, thank you guys for uh your reviews on on iTunes on Apple Podcasts, I should say, and keep smashing those five stars for us. It definitely helps. And you know, Recruiting never stops, so I'm sure between now and uh, our next podcast, something will will be worth talking about recruiting wise, right, Andrew?
0: Absolutely, or or even transfer portal stuff. Yes. You know, Miami's still after Jared Williams, um, and I think he there's a chance he could whittle things down here at, at some point in the future. One other feature I want to point out that's new on. on on 24 seven sports is the text alerts. Yeah. Um, you guys can just check my, my Twitter. I, I have a link up for it. Or if you're on the site, uh, that's also on there as well. So that if you sign up, basically what it is, as soon as there's breaking news, you, you just kind of get a text sent right to you. Uh, something new that, that the folks in, in Nashville have rolled out. So if you guys want to sign up for that, please, please do so.
1: Yeah, definitely sign up for that. We're not going to abuse it. Like we're not going to be texting you all the time. It's mainly for the rarity of breaking news and and stuff like that. So sign up for the text alerts and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys next time.
0: All right, guys, later.